This is Mr. Bean with Mr. Bean's Podcast. Remember, if you have any information leading up to the arrest or conviction of the murderer of Barry J. Bean, please respond to at Mr. Bean Podcast 1 on Twitter or Facebook at Mr. Bean's Podcast. You can also like and follow on Podbean and leave a comment. Thank you. Have a blessed day. And for today's guest, we got Tyson, Switch the Sweet Southern. Like, like in modern times, cases are like this. Well, yeah, man. If, uh, like the very first episode I did was over the uh, was over the medical examination report, and you know it's going through that. And I did it first, obviously, because it's just the hardest for me to talk about because it goes in details. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has shit. You know, like they talk about, you know, how how deteriorated he was, mm-hmm. like maggots being all over and shit, and you know. But there's sleeping bags there. I mean, did, did they ever do any DNA testing on a sleeping bag? Surely there was more than some one person's hair in there. Yeah. And my dad had long blonde hair. You know what I mean? So his shit's gonna stand out. So surely the, there was more that they could have did. And at the time, you know, and, you know, also there's kind of there's a side of me that thinks, well, maybe they didn't put enough effort because who my dad was. You know, my dad at the time he wasn't a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, and so I just, I just, uh-huh. I just feel like if he'd have been some somebody rich dude or something, that they'd have already had an answer for. My, it, you my, know what I mean? Like my brother's son was murdered. Oh, really? And he hasn't, and they know who it is. They've got evidence and all that shit, and he hasn't. He's been out free for three years. They're still going. They just did it, like because he's money. He got all oil money. Family got all that money in Texas. Man, that's crazy. Bubba McDaniel. He's in Wichita Falls. He was a UFC fighter. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like my brother. We grew up together since we were fourteen years old, yeah. and his son was just murdered three years ago. He was two years old. The dude went there and suffocated him. And shit. And there was like all these text messages of him like threatening to kill the kid and shit like that. And then and they know what's up, but he's got so much money. Like he lives here in Oklahoma now, and and he made bail. It was like I don't remember how much it fucking was. It was a crazy amount of money. He's threatened his family, touched kids since then, like and just he's just out like doing shit. Man. Fucking, it's but because he has money. Like they haven't even started the trial, actual trial yet. They he keeps having his lawyers be like, "Oh, we can't have the trial here because it's a bad interest," and then you know switching it to over here, and then like, and then nothing even got done for you. They didn't even try to indict him for a year. That's that's wild, man. They have to. I think when it comes to justice, I mean, I, I understand people make mistakes, man. I, I I understand that. Even I know law enforcement; they make mistakes. I get it. <laughs> Investigators they make mistakes, but. I think Justin has to be justice has to be swift, you know, because I mean, we're, we're, who's to say he won't kill some, another kid? You know yeah. what I mean? If he's yeah. already touched another kid, or I mean, who who knows, man? They they have to. He's just one of them dudes. It's like they got money, so they think they can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, what it's I mean? wild, man. What was you remember that case? And there was that dude in uh, they call it man affluenza or some shit where that that rich kid killed somebody because he was drunk driving and, and he got off of it because they. He was so rich, he didn't understand what he did was wrong. Like, that didn't make any fucking sense, man. Dude, there's that uh, that doctor, that chiropractor that got killed in town, like, where his house, he was out on one of his, like, little rent houses, and it somehow blew the fuck up. What? <laughs> yeah. There was no gas. There was nothing in it. It just blew the fuck up. And then they're like, well, we don't know. That Dr. Ferreira, he was, like, a big-time chiropractor in law. 
Man. We did his driveway and shit, and then he was just out at a rental house, and the house blew up. And someone was like, dude, I think he was human trafficking or this or that. I was like, fuck, yeah, I don't man. know, man. I was like, but that was like another like cold case thing where like nobody's seen anything. He was like out in the country at this house. Boom, it fucking explodes somehow. How long ago was that? I've, I've never heard of this story. Shit. Maybe a fucking year or two ago? No shit. Yeah, man, that's wild, dude, because, I mean, to me, this... Being a simple guy, from if if I hear that story, I'm thinking, oh, there's more to that. He was doing something fucked up. Yeah, because you know sure. I mean? he got a fuck ton of money. You know yeah. what I mean? People that got a fuck ton of money usually get do for some reason get involved in that shit always. You know what I mean? I don't really know what the right answer is for investigators when they're getting into that. You know, it's kind of why I jumped into this the way I did. You know, and, and the biggest thing that stood out to me is 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 mistakes. People make mistakes. You know what I mean? But I honestly think that. You got to be willing to look at it and say, you know what, maybe I messed up. Maybe I didn't look at this from a different angle. And and I just don't, I just didn't think that was happening. I mean, I, I'm honestly, I'm still not convinced it is. You know what I mean? And, and another thing that I messed up on is, is, is when I was talking to him about it, I told him like, hey, I'm creating a podcast. I was surrounded uh, around my, my dad, right? And I wish I wouldn't have told him that because... I'm sure they would have found out at some point in time. Now they're under the scope, they think, huh? Yeah, I think they think they're under the scope. And, and I think that they think... Open, open communication, anything they tell me, I'm just going right on this microphone and saying it, which and I'm not. And I wouldn't do that just because I want to put other people's at risk. You know what I mean? And, or yourself at risk. Yeah. Or my, they well, think you know too much or, you know. Yo, I mean? man, that's another thing that's been bugging me, bro. Uh, they might come after you because you yeah. start making too much noise. Yeah, yeah I've, I've thought of that too. And I'm like, well, shit, man, maybe I need to do something else. You know, But at the end of the day, I stopped talking about it just because it's just too hard to talk about. Yeah, for yeah, me. I'm yeah, sorry I'm right it up. No, no, it's, no, no, I'm talking about like creating an episode around or something like this yeah. right here. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? That's, that's fine. But when I'm just sitting here, it's just me. I'm trying to create a, uh, an episode about my about my dad or a, a, a different scenario. Sure, yeah. Oh, dude, man. the, the I'm 37. I'd be up here to cry like a baby thinking about that crap. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. It's not it's not an easy thing to deal with. I could only imagine, you know, what I mean? to, to want that closure. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, I got to know what the fuck happened to my dad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he was bad to somebody else. Like, my dad's not the greatest either. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, But he still deserves, you know, to be treated fair and shit. Yeah, know? no, 100%, man. 100%. Speaking <clears throat> of 37, dude. So, at 37, you had your first pro fight, right? Yes, sir. What? I don't really understand the amateur part of MMA. So, you will have to we'll have explain that a little bit to me. I don't really understand how that works. But at 37, you decided to go ahead and pull the trigger and go pro with your MMA. How did that transition? What was your thoughts? Man, I'd already just been fighting for like 10 years and uh, been hurt and, and I wasn't getting any younger. I was like, shit, I'm not going to keep getting my ass beat for free. You know what I'm right. saying? So uh, just uh, was like, you know, I'm just, my coach was like, man, your skills are there. It's just more of the, my losses were all a lot of mostly mental. Like right. I wasn't a grappler. I was just grew up striking. You know what I mean? And when I started training, it was starting at a boxing gym. We didn't have grappling. Right. And I won my first couple of fights with just striking and you know the little bit of grappling that i had and i thought i was like oh, i don't need that shit you know and i just kept on with the the striking and then started losing by submission and then everyone pretty much knew and then when i'd get taken hit to the ground like my mental would just be like oh fuck i'm fucked you know i don't right. have any confidence and then i broke my hand four three times in a row and i was like fuck man is this gonna happen you know and then i just Got back in, started training smarter, <clears throat> and then just uh, 
start grappling, 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 submission, wrestling, uh, takedown defense to where uh, that's all I was pretty much doing to where now I felt so comfortable that anytime I would hit the mat now, I don't feel that yeah, anxiousness. Right. I don't feel, I feel calm, you know what I mean? Right. So <clears throat> I'm, it, it's like that part's over now. It's easy. Like I've, I've never really took a lot of damage in my fights. So that's why I felt like I'm able to still continue to fight. Like Probably my last four pro fights, I mean, I got hit maybe 10 times total, maybe. Right. That's it. Other than that, I just, I'm putting damage from the bottom. I'm getting up and then I'm submitting myself or I'm going to knock you out. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, like, as far as your background in like a, a, like athletic sports, did you play any sports growing up or? Man, my dad was like, you know, kind of an outlaw. Like, he always kind of like had us on the run, jumping from state to state. So oh, I never really? really went to school like on a steady basis. Right. So I just jumped around a lot. I played like one year of Little League Baseball. I played a little bit in high school whenever I was eligible. Right. But I was like a troublemaker. And, and you sure your last name ain't Bean? We could be related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was just like a scrawny, you know, scrawny-ass kid, you know. Right. <clears throat> my, my brother, you know. Not my biological brother, but I call him that. Bubba was just always looked out for me. You know, I was the mouth and he was the muscle. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've been trying to catch up to him the last couple of years and shit. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool, man. Uh, your last bout. So this is how I heard of I, I heard about you originally. My boy Gates, man. We uh we bullshit. We, I, call, I call him like friendly bets, like you know, just to make it like a dollar here or something, you know. And then uh, he was like, Nah, I'm just tossing. I, I got money on him, so. To, to play the game, if you will, you can either accept it or you can bet against us for fun. Right? And I right. bet against you that time, and then uh, yeah, you know, I lost. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Was it the last fight? Yeah, it was your last one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, how did that fight go? You won by TKO, right? Yeah, I knocked him out. I, I hit him with like a through like a looping hook jab, and then I wobbled him with the cross. Saw him stumble, and I in my head, like I was so calm, I was just like all right, you got to hit this just right because he's wobbling back and forth. So I was like, you got to hit just right. Pink. I just knocked him out with that knee. just flopped right back. I, there was no need for Was there some punch. changes on that card or something? Because I felt like. Yeah, I had beef with a dude and, uh, you know, pretty much serious beef, but he just couldn't never make the fight. We always had replacements ready because, you know, he, we already knew he was flaky. So y'all kind of anticipated that was going to be a change? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because we knew how flaky that dude was. He kept, you know, people that claim they're a fighter and shit, and they've never even fought before. Right. I even on my Facebook and all my profiles, I don't put Tyson Southern professional fighter. And then these motherfuckers never even had fights before, and they're out there like pro fighter. I do this, I do that. Come, they're trying to do private lessons and hitting mitts with people and shit. And I'm like, bro, you're like, so a lot of these people are just delusional. You know, a lot right. of these young cats are delusional. You know, I'm older. I got the, you know, the wisdom on them. You know what I'm saying? I've done been through a lot. Like, and a lot of these young cats, they'll try to like intimidate you or try to scare you, you know, like try to be like Conor McGregor or some shit. I, I just laugh at that shit. I'm like, bro, you don't know. You know, I'm from the, I'm from the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the uh, 580. That shit don't, that shit don't scare me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From the 580. Yeah. How soon did, was you told that you was going to be fighting somebody else than you anticipated? Probably like six weeks, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, because the dude that I was going to fight, like, 
would always start shit when the cops was around. We'd be trying to hype the fight up at a show. He'd just take it too far and get the cops involved. And then we got into a little altercation. He was drunk, came up to me. My coach wind up breaking it up. His girl threw like a beer in my coach's face. Mm. And then, you know, he starts just talking all this shit when the cops are around. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you know, ain't nothing going to happen. And then him and my him and my brother Bubba got into it over there and they wind up getting pepper sprayed and then they were trying to assault him. So he was dropping like security guards out back in the fucking Coliseum. You know what I'm saying? Damn. He got away. And then the next time we went to go fight, my last fight, they saw him there and they just yanked him. You know, he's my corner. He's in my corner. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I had to deal with that bullshit, you know, right before I was like, man, that's fucked up. So you didn't even have a legit corner in your last fight? No, no. I had my coach Tom oh, okay. there. My okay. coach Tom was there. <clears throat> but usually Coach Tom, Derek, and uh, Bubba are always in my corner. What's up with this Mendez guy, man? You have a history with him fighting. I see you fought him twice in the amateurs. Yeah. You won the first one. He won the second one. How did them fights go? The first one, it was just both of our debut. You know what I mean? Like, I had, like, fucking six months training. I, I started a tough man. I started just training with my buddy. Fought in a tough man three months later just to see how I would perform under, you know, the lights and all your people. You know what I mean? Because it's different. So after that, I was like, fuck, I want to try MMA, you know what I mean? Be, uh, being trained by this fighter named Mike Maldonado. <clears throat> and uh, so he got me ready for that fight, and that cat didn't have a lot of training. We went there, I beat the shit out of him pretty much. Right. Like, I busted him up right out the gate. And then uh, we'd both been training for a couple of years. I think it had been like three or four, maybe even five years. We fought again, and he armbarred me. I was piecing him up on the feet. Uh, I actually took him down like a fucking idiot. And then <laughs> he put me in a guillotine and I got out the guillotine and was like, hell yeah, I slid him over to the cage. I was like, I'm about to rock it. I'm about to rock him. You know what I'm saying? And he just caught my arm. And that's basically what he does is just train all jujitsu. By the time I fought him again, five years later after that fight, he was a, a pretty much almost a black belt. He's a four strike brown belt. That was your pro? That was pro? Yeah. yeah. But I, like, I focus on fighting. You know? right. I don't focus on gi jujitsu or any of that. I, I figure I can do that shit when I retire. Right. But right now, my focus is fighting. I only have a limited amount of time. You know what I mean? I'm 39, so and as long as I don't keep taking damage, I'm, I'm planning to... So after he beat you in that armor, did, did that affect any of your training, though? As no, far I, as start working on ground more, you know? Just yeah, I, I had already... complacent. Yeah, it just... Because uh, it, it, I know I could have beat... I know I could have won that. And then, then the fight after, I fought 28 days later, and I fought a bad motherfucker and uh, almost lost, lost it in the third to the conditioning because I wound up having to cut like 21 pounds to make weight is when I was cutting to 135 pounds, you know, and I'm a bigger guy. So no, I've seen that. I've seen you, some of your profiles, you're at 135 and some of you're at 45. What's your preferred weight? I only fight pro at 145. I haven't fought 35 in years. Right. And I don't want to ever try to do that again. How much you walk around that? Like when I'm comfortable, you know, close to like 165, 170 when I'm, you know, big boy status. But, you know, when it's mostly fight camp time, which I really don't ever come out, usually like 65, 60. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I diet down. I'm like 16 days away right now. So I'm like 140, 154 or something like that. So when you enter fight camp, we we'll say you're 165. So you're usually typical about a 20 pound cut. Yeah, but that's over, you know, eight weeks or right. more. You know, I, usually, I fight every three months. So as soon as my fight's over, I get to eat, you know, and then when your body's used to not being in the deficit all the time, you're now you're back over calories versus how many calories you're burning, then it's it puts the weight on faster. You know what I mean? Because right. you went from being like straight machine, 
fucking I'm only taking in this amount of calories. I'm doing this amount of work right. to now I'm like, Hey man, I'm relaxing a little bit. I'm still training, but I'm not on my strict diet. So at 39, has your diet, your preparation diet, you know, calories in calorie out, has that changed at 39 versus when you first started, Every, even in your amateurs? Big time, big time. Cause now that I'm older, like if I drink, beer a couple beers every day oh man i'll put weight on so fast right. like when i was younger i could drink all eat whatever drink whatever and i could always make weight as long as i was training now i have to watch what i eat uh, i can counting grams of protein you know yeah. and everything my uncle man he got he went hardcore into like the carnivore diet and dude he looks like a different person man i mean this dude i mean he was just this he was look this big and so out of shape you know what i mean but he got he went hardcore on it. I've always, for a long time, I've been eating uh, basically carnivore, but just like meat first, you know what I mean? And I might slip up. And if you drink alcohol, you're not supposed to be doing that, you know what I mean? But he he went hardcore into it, man. All he does is water, and he drinks some mineral drink, you know, throughout the time, but uh, throughout the days. But he eats one time a day, and it's just, just steaks, man. That's all he eats. And this dude looks like a freaking animal now, man. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a savage. Dude, he got some big-ass beard, too. I can't grow a beard for shit, man. That gene skipped me, man. This right here. That's probably three or four days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is three or four days for me right here. As far as like dieting go, do you try to help like the up the up and comers with their diet or plan, or do you know it's kind of everybody's different and you just gotta find out what's best? Do you give ideas or I mean everybody's different, you know. I'll tell people what, what works for me right. if they wanna try it. I mean that's cool, but you know, a lot of people they like to try different shit. There's you know, there's a lot of different ways out there to to lose weight and stuff. I just eat I try to get my body weight and protein uh, in grams a yep. day. And then uh, everything else is almost like filler. And, and, and what I use for filler is vegetables. You know? yep. I want my oh, anything green, broccoli, spinach, yep. anything like that. It can fill me up that has nutritional value. And just stick to the water? Yeah, lots of water. And I drink uh, body armors, you know, because you want to get some different electrolytes in there right. as well as just water. Uh, I, t- I had a uh, George Tadenifer on here, and he talked about. He's like, man, as long as I get my grains, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I thought, I think, I think that is important. Um, but I also think, like, you know, what works for you isn't going to work for me, or vice versa. Yeah. You know what I mean. But yeah. I it's think, all about that deficit. If you, yeah. you there's you can never go wrong with a deficit. You know what I mean. You figure out how many calories you're, that your body's intaking a day. You know how much you need to just. If that's how many I need, and I don't have to work out and do shit. So if that's like 1,700, that's what mine is, around 1,700 calories. So if I wake up and I only eat 500 calories that whole day, I'm already in the deficit. And then if I work out on top of that, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm way, that's how you really start losing weight. You know what I mean? But that's you feel hard. drained if you come in under that calorie amount that you need? Sometimes, yeah, it just depends. Like, but if you stay, if you stay steady, you can have like certain kinds of carbs aren't bad, you know what I mean? Right. They're complex carbs, usually high in fiber, so they yeah. stay in your system longer to break down and sweet potatoes, you know, things like that, and, you know, fruits. Have you ever done the uh, the bod pod? <laughs> so what the bod pod is, is basically you go in, it's supposed to be, it's either the first or the second most accurate to get your, your body fat percentage, but also they do these tests on you while you're doing it. So it, it tells you like what's pretty much, this is the amount of calorie your body needs before you die, right? You need at least this. If you if you want to lose this amount of weight, you can have this amount. You know, it talks about oh, yeah, your it's like a scale, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's basically going there and basically just getting some spandex and sit in there and they do this test on you, then you come out and they print off all these sheets and stuff like that. They have them on a, 
first time I did one was in the military, so I'm assuming they got them on pretty much every military base. But they had one at Cameron when I was going to school at Cameron as well. So I think for you know young fighters or just kind of getting maybe into it, would need to see it in writing. I think that'd be a good start. You know what I mean? Oh just yeah, kind of get sure. focused on it and then uh, you know kind of go from there. Yeah, I got a uh, I got a sauna here in my garage that. I try to use it every day, man. I love yeah. them songs. Dude. Yeah, there's something I was in it yesterday, man. man. There's something about getting that song and just fighting, fighting for your life. <laughs> I got out today and I told the wife, she's like, "How'd it go?" I was like, "Fuck, I don't know. My arm's numb." Yeah, we got like a sauna right here, then a shower right here, so I'll go straight from the sauna, put that cold ass water on, and just go get blasted right out. Well, how do you, how does that work as far as? Uh, your your training and stuff. Do you use the training in, in the in the coach hours as part of it? I mean the sauna. I just like it. I just like it. It just like I, you know Joe Rogan. He always talks yeah. about jumping straight into the ice bath. Well, I don't have an ice bath, so I just go get blast that yeah. cold water on as cold as I can. But uh, yeah, no. I mean it's not. I do I do cryo and I do shit like that. What do you think about the cryo? It sucks balls, but it's for three minutes. I'd rather do the three minute suffer my balls for three minutes than have to suffer a fifteen minute ice bath. Yeah, and then you have to buy all the ice. You have to fill your tub up. It's just a lot of bullshit. You just go to Elgin, pay twenty bucks, and yeah, and walk out in three minutes. Yeah, if I had an ice machine, dude, I would definitely set up, uh, you know, like an ice bath. But I do the same thing. Like my sauna's right there, dude. I can go get in the sauna and just fight for my life. I feel like and just go get in, in, in the shower. And how hot does yours get? Does it get pretty? I mean, it'll go up to two fifty. Damn. I mean, it's. I mean, I usually keep mine around when I. I set it. I let it set and I let it set for maybe fifteen minutes before I get in. But you know, sometimes you know you get lazy or you get sidetracked. You're reading the story, then it's like, oh shit, it's already been thirty minutes. So you got to go in there and just get in. And by the time you get in, it's already two hundred degrees, man. Jesus. So I'll oh, check. This, this is a crazy ass. The story. hottest I think I've ever been is like one eighty something. Dude, come try this, dude. You're more than welcome. Anytime you want to come over and try it out, dude. More than welcome to. But dude, I, when I first got this damn thing, I think there, I think there was something wrong with the box, right? So I turned it on, I got in there, got out, took a shower, and it goes off. It's supposed to turn off automatically after a certain amount of time. That motherfucker didn't turn off, bro. Like, I heard, I smelled some smoke. I was like, what the hell's going on, dude? And I go in there and check, it's still on, dude. It's just in there roasting, man. The There's a speaker that talks, it's Bluetooth. The the plastic's melted. There's a black ring around the top, dude. It was like seconds from catching flames, dude. It was Jesus. bad. But I, I called in, they got me a new box and stuff, and uh, I mean, I still got the same one. And, I just make sure that I turn that damn thing off now. Yeah, whenever we, at our gym, we unplug it and make sure because we got those two plugs right here. Yeah. We just unplug it, turn it off, all that shit, no, no problems. No, I mean, I got a good deal on it, man. Uh, it was like two grand. I got some discounts, to, you know, being retired military and stuff. They gave me some discounts. Uh, but, man, I love it, dude. And I, and I can, and the big thing is, like, if, if I go, like, if I miss it for, like, like five days, right? I get in that sauna and I can feel an immediate difference at why I'm in there. You know, it's harder for me. But when I get out and take a shower, it's like all that dead skin you had. It's just all, it just all comes off. You feel better. Uh, I feel like I breathe better once I get out. I have more energy. And plus, I go and get in the cold shower. Dude, that's yeah. Dude, I've had to cut weight. I've had to stay in there for three hours one time. Like, uh, do 20 minutes straight, come out for two minutes, go back in, 15 minutes, come out for two minutes, go back in until all the weight's gone. I had to cut like 21 pounds one time. That's why I don't fight at 35 no more because it's just too much. And I'm too old, you know what I'm saying? That shit hurts. 
What are your rest like? Like you said, you just get out for two minutes. Is that when you stop sweating and then you get back in? I try to keep my sweat going, but I just got to breathe some air and just blow my nose because usually by then your snot's just coming out of your nose. Oh, and dude, shit, I, dude, I carry a rag, a do rag with me every time I'm in there. Yeah, I take a towel and I keep I get it cold and I'll just breathe through yeah. it or some water. Like when I'm doing it for leisure, you know, just not yeah. I'll take my water in there with me and shit. But when I'm when I have to cut, cut, like I have to do in like sixteen days, fifteen days, and it sucks balls. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm just slowly dieting down till I hit like one forty nine or one fifty one and I'll cut three pounds and ain't shit, like thirty minutes. 30, so if minutes. I if I need a at break when I'm in the sauna, I do like two different things. Either one, I just open the door, and get a cold rush, and yeah. shut it back. Yeah, yeah. I'll do or that sometimes. The second thing I do, I will get out and just leave it going in there and just wait till I'm completely calm. I'm not sweating no more. Then I jump back in. But it's so crazy because uh, as soon as I get back in, it's like somebody turn turn it right back on. I'm just I'm just gushing. Yeah, I sweat bad. Yeah. So the one I got it has the rocks in there. You can put water on it and stuff. Yeah, that's probably why yours gets so hot. Dude, it's oh, it's bad, dude. It'll let you know where you're at in life. <laughs> like, I don't know. Lord Jesus. Yeah, I try to do 15 minutes and that's it. I'm like, oh, dude. Minutes. Yeah, dude. That's I'm I'm if I can make it to the like well, so I did good yesterday though, because I hadn't I didn't use it in a while. I maybe four days. I was able to last the twenty, but I didn't I didn't go in there trying to big dog it right off the bat and just dumping, you know, water on there. I, I let it let myself settle in a little bit, then I started getting it hot, then then you know you start praying to God. God, that's five more minutes. Don't let me die. <laughs> yeah, like it, shit. It gets like one fifty five, one sixty in there on, on ours. On that's fucking hot enough for me, man. I got a buddy. He he'll get one of them infrared saunas, and he said he can go in there for like an hour, right? But he'll drink a whole gallon of water while he's in there, and just sweat that shit out, man. That has, man. I, I don't care what what you've done or what you've done. That has to do something good for your body. I, don't, I mean, you don't have to be a scientist to figure that out. You talk straight flush. Or yeah, I mean, that has to do something good for you, man. Yeah, because you ain't pissing while you're in there. Like, yeah, I mean, it's coming out. It's like if you work all day out in the heat, and then like it, it, t- it takes me a long time to piss. Like I used to work construction like all fucking day. I'd drink water all day, never have to pee because my body's just absorbing it. Just, yeah. Because I'm sweating it all out instead of having it to pee. Yeah, stuff like that, you got to drink some Gatorade, some Electrolytes. Yeah. But I think for a, just a quick flush like that, I think, man, there, there's something. It's just, I feel better after I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I get that cold water, and I'm like, yes. At, uh, at, like, at 30, at 39, right, how, how long are you willing to keep going? Will you ever be completely done with it as far as fighting goes, or you think you at one point in time you will? you know, transfer into like the training. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I coach kids striking right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's cool, you know, but as if as long as I keep winning and I'm not getting just destroyed, I'm right. going to keep going. Like, yeah, as no long doubt. as I'm hungry, I'm going to keep eating. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, no doubt. Uh, I got the drive and I got the hardest work ethic. I show up at the gym every day, 30 minutes early. I'm usually the last guy to leave. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I go train during the day. I do two a days. I run hills at Cameron. I go run at that big steep hill. Yeah, I'll do twenty to thirty sprints up, down, it sideways, everything. You know what I'm saying. I yeah. take people out there. They don't even last that long. No, I, I take youngsters every time. I try to. I'm. I'm I love it when the youngsters come because I love outworking them. If I can keep outworking everybody, then I think I can keep winning. So that's my plan. You ever? Uh, you ever run mascot? 
No, my coach Tom was just telling me that we needed to go do that. He said it was a. Hey, I had George on here, and he was talking about that. Like when when he was you know in his pro boxing days, they would go out there and run up the uh, Mount Scott, and dude, it's that's like three miles up, bro. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. You can, it's it's no pump. You yeah, know it's I mean? the slow, slow, steady incline, man. It's yeah. killer on the legs. Yeah, we used to. Uh, I mean, I used to go out there and walk it and do sprints with my son and stuff. We hadn't been in a while though. We need to start doing that again. But, man, shit. I mean, even, I mean now it's so. It's like packed almost, man. There's like, it's really since COVID hit, that turned into like a workout place. People be out there walking up it and just, you know. And it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, and you get something out of it too. You know what yeah. I mean? When you work out, what do you think about people that work out with headphones and stuff? Nah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, to, the, whatever helps motivate you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like when we train, we have music playing in the background yeah. usually. Yeah. And I enjoy it. Like whenever, And then like whenever you're used to that and then it's silent. And you just hear everyone's breathing and you hear like all the roughness. You're like, this is, this is a psycho. This is, I feel like a psycho in here. You know what I mean? But when that music's playing, it's like, it just flows for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, now, I, don't, I don't know, man. I've always like, I, I, I can remember going to the gym and forgetting my headphones. Like, well, shit, I ain't working out today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just dumb shit like that. Yeah. But I think, I think if you, if you're used to it, like what you just said, if you're used to it, I, think I mean, it, I go run with my with my phone sometimes. Sometimes I run without it. You know, just sometimes I, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes when I'm running, like and I'm in that zone, like where you just have to get on your breathing. You're on your third mile, and you just got to keep going and going. You're like, uh, I'm not even listening to the music at that point anymore. I'm like thinking of ways to distract myself from like telling myself not to quit because the part about running is like you can quit at any time. Yeah. Like to me, running doesn't really help cardio for MMA so much because. We're not, we're, it's more of a sprint. MMA is like a sprint and a stop, sprint right. and a stop. It's more explosive than just a long distance run. So like when you do a long distance run, to me, it's more mental as like, oh, you can quit at any time. How far do you want to push yourself? Right. How far do you want to go? Cause it's up to you. You know what I'm saying? You, Cause it's mind over body every time. You know? Do you do a lot of hit training, high intensity training? Yeah, I do. I do those hill sprints. Uh, I mostly just do kettlebells and uh, calisthenics. On lift weights you know I'm like when the older you get you know what i mean like the better it is on your joints and then like you watch all those documentaries about those bodybuilders and shit who are just like fucking crippled now because they're lifting all that oh, weight and shit yeah. you know? and i'm just like man i don't i don't want that life you know what i'm saying i'm gonna try to stay around my natural body weight and try to be uh last as long as i can at my natural body weight before i start trying to put so much on my frame I've had a lot of people talk about kettlebells here lately. Can you explain like what all you do with the kettlebells? Like what exercises? Um, it's mostly just a lot of swinging, swinging them around, like just controlling that weight with your body, you know, like balance, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a good workout. You'll feel muscles like mostly in your core a lot. Yep. You'll feel in your hips. My coach has me doing a lot of things for your hips. You can get your legs. It's pretty much a full body workout. Like I just sold my whole weight set and everything just so I could get some kettlebells and stuff because it's more practical for my needs. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not trying to get swole, so right. I'm just functional trying to fitness. be functional. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> functional fitness. That's a that's a big deal, and, and you brought up bodybuilders a lot too. And bodybuilding's too. I get it. I mean, I get the idea. You know, everybody. I think when they first start lifting weights, they're just looking at their mirror muscles, right? So we're thinking about bodybuilding, but I think, you know, I think you can go wrong with it because if you're just looking at the mirror muscles, you're not working on your back muscles and stuff like that. But, uh, and cardio, man, like cardio is king. Like it doesn't matter how big you are. If you can't last long, then somebody that 
that knows what they're doing, they weather your storm, they're gonna fuck you up. Right. If you can't like, because you can get so tired, you can't lift your arms, and you and you you have to give up. It takes oxygen to get into those bloods, shit to make them pump to work. You know what I mean? If that shit don't work, you're gonna gas and you're gonna get destroyed. Yeah, I, I talked about this with somebody. I can't remember it was, but do you remember that fight? You remember you know Shane Carwin is? Yeah, yeah. You see the fight with Brock Lesnar beating? Like yeah. he beat the crap out of he, Brock that he first lost round. Lost cardio. In that second round, he just all that lactate acid built up. Yeah. He couldn't move, and Brock submitted him. You know, and, and what was that? Just arm, arm trying, arm choke or something? Yeah, because he just didn't have anything in yeah, him. Yeah, he didn't have <sighs> Then after that, the uh, that's when they started cracking down on Rulage after that too. So he lost a lot of weight and got in better shape. But uh, well, he was a monster back in the day. Oh, dude. Yeah. Carl, them dudes were cutting to make two sixty five. Oh, that's nuts, dude. That is and they were solid. They had abs, you know. They weren't like big, big dudes. They were like big jack dudes with abs that had to cut to two sixty five. Yeah, Carl was one of them boot. He was he was a freak human too because he had he had like a he had like a big time degree in, in something. I can't remember what it was, but I had to have like custom gloves made for him because his fucking hand was so big. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, that dude was he was a machine, man. So when it comes to the amateur bouts, right? So you did amateur for about ten years, right? Yeah. Well, uh, what? How did you get into actual amateur, and and how does that work, right? I mean, because it's not it's not really like an official record, right? But it's still on your records. Yeah, I don't really should, understand yeah, it as an outfit. I mean, it's just uh, the the only difference really is elbows. You can't throw elbows in amateur, okay. and uh, it's three minute rounds instead of five minute rounds. And uh, you 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 don't no pay at all. You basically, you show up and bang. No pay. You can usually get like fifteen percent for your ticket sales. So you got to actually hustle tickets though, right? Yeah. Did you like doing that? I never really started doing it until I went pro. Once I went pro, I I got you get twenty percent usually. Okay. And if you built your amateur career up to where people want to come see you, or you know, you got a good fan base where you know family, you know your friends that constantly support you. Uh, I make I sold six thousand dollars worth of tickets in my last fight. Oh no doubt. Yeah, so that, a little over six thousand that gave me twelve hundred dollars extra on top of my. My show money and my win money. How does that work with the contracts for your fights? I'm assuming when you fight, there has to be contracts signed be- yeah. between both people. Yeah. How, how does that work? Do they get money for back, or do you get money for them backing out? Because I notice they're keeping track of people's usually only too. if you uh, if it's like the day of the weigh-ins and you weigh in and you make weight, and then the next day they don't show up, you can get like your show money. Right, but uh, if it's like a day before, you don't get shit. I don't doubt. Yeah, you don't get nothing. I mean, that still screws you. I mean, you sign a contract, but you know anybody can. It'll say you know you have to show up, make weight for this amount of money on this date, and uh, if you don't, unless of injury. But you know the only reason people, everyone can say, oh, I hurt this or I hurt that, so it kind of just covers their ass, so they're not going to get penalized because you can just say I'm injured. That's why I didn't make it. Have they have they always kept track of bouts that was canceled or is that or am I just not noticing that? No, they, I've had way more like on that. If you go to that topology, it'll tell you like canceled bouts or I've had like way more than that. Oh really? Oh yeah, I I probably would have had twenty Amy fights had every fight I had ever been booked for went through. Right. But it was so like wishy washy, especially back then. You know, like everybody like a lot of people today, they they just want to talk the walk. They want to get that poster made and then they back out. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of posers, dude, and a lot of like people that 
are delusional. They just want a Facebook post that says, I was, oh, I'm about to fight. I'm going to do this. And then two weeks out, they, they cancel. Or a week out, they cancel. To me, that's pretty wild just for the simple fact you could go through a whole training camp, right? So, like, you got a fight coming up. Uh, who are you fighting? Uh, Colton Ham from Arkansas. Colton. So, say it's a week out, right? And he decides that he can't make it for whatever reason. So, now, at a week out, do you just hope they can find you another opponent? Or is that your whole training camp scratched? You got to wait for a new fight and start over? I mean, they would try to find an opponent, and then they would offer me that opponent. I, would, I was willing to take it. I would fight if it made sense, you know what I mean? What's something that wouldn't make sense? Either just some dude that's like fucking way above my level that's just gonna come like, in and just fuck me off on like if I'm like if I've already prepared like for some badass like fucking wrestler and that that's who my whole training camp was about yeah. take down defense and this and that and then the last weekend they're like well we got this dude from Thailand you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like alright uh, maybe I need to fucking rethink this you know because when you're pro you gotta you gotta weigh those options a little bit better you know it's cool to be like I'll fight any motherfucker at any time you know but really honestly that's that's not the case when you're a professional because your record does matter and shit and you gotta be smart you can't go jumping in over deep deep water when you're not ready you know what I'm saying like you, there's levels to this shit yeah. And if you want to go get fucked up, you can. That's why I'm not like, oh, I'm about to go into the UFC. And like, I live in reality. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm going to stick around the regional circuit, you know, try to make as much money as I can because I can sell a lot of tickets. Right. And uh, when I feel like I'm ready, if I can get the opportunity, I would go to a bigger show. But I, I got to make sure that I'm ready to do that. They just started the, uh, the Tough series again, right? The Ultimate Fire series? Yeah, they have a – they uh, yeah, they just had – the season, I don't remember what the fuck it is, but yeah, I think it's season thirty. Because I was, seeing, I, I was uh, looking, I was talking to, I was talking to my boys about it. They had a, a fighter on there it was from Lawton, or he was born in Lawton. Yeah, yeah, I seen him fight. Yeah, he lost to fucking Kamar Usman's brother. Yeah, the, he was banging though, man. I yeah. don't know, man. I, I hate to complain about refs or anything like that, but it looked. I thought he was winning. I thought he won. But I knew in but in the overtime round, I, mean, I, I got yeah, he got kind of lazy. He, he was just too much like doing the showboat shit. And I was like, bro, you can't do that so too much. You gotta. He was a talker though, man. He was a talker though, man. I, I, I like uh, I like it when I hear fighters talking and shit. You know what I mean? But as soon as they lose, I mean, if they lose, though, I get it, man. I get it when I get some people's nerves. But I like it. It hypes me up. But that dude, man, I, I I thought he won both both rounds, and then but the overtime round, obviously, he lost that one. That was pretty. That was pretty evident that he lost that. Usman's brother, I mean, he just looked like he was just better shape. Yeah, I mean, physically and actually yeah, the way he's he was. Huge, God, man. he's a monster, dude. What's, uh, as far as Mendez go, what's he doing nowadays? Is he still fighting? Y'all talking? Nah, he retired that fight. Oh, he did? Yeah, he said he didn't want to fight no more after that. Closed the book. And, uh, we, we'd always been cool, you know. There'd never been no beef, you know. Like, it's just I wanted that one back, you know what I mean? Like, and because he asked for that rematch, he got it. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask for my rematch. And the we're, rematch. We're yeah. going to settle this shit once and for all. So it was like we fought, I think, like five years separated at each time. Yeah. So it was like a 10-year deal in the making. You know, and I, but we'd had, we'd had, we tried to schedule that fight before, and it fell through or some shit happened. Like venues sometimes will cancel or some shit. And, or you break something, you know, like gotten hurt quite a bit doing this shit for so long like a lot of what injuries moments. what injuries have you had fighting i 
It broke my right hand four times, pushed this knuckle all the way back the last time, broke it all the way and shoved it all the way back. Cost me two surgeries, uh, broke rib. My first pro fight, that's what happened. Like as soon Ooh. as we got into it, this dude body locked me. As soon as he shut down his forearm, just snapped my rib off, the tip of my rib off. And I was like, oh, that's a weird feeling, you know, because my adrenaline was going. So I kept trying to go. Then we hit, hit the ground and then it started poking into my lung. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. And so he just started smashing on me and there wasn't shit I could do. I was like, <gasps> I couldn't breathe. By the time they flipped me over, my rib was like stuck under my other rib and, and I fucking couldn't breathe and then it would pop out. I could get a breath in. They'd take me out on a stretcher. Man, it's <clears throat> rib injuries, broken ribs. I've always been told they're one of the worst because there's not really much you can do about it. Nah, they fucking gave me some fentanyl and fucking sent me to the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That probably wasn't the best idea. I, don't get I couldn't it. even stand up for the x-rays, man, because it was just oh, it okay. shifting because the, the rib was literally like, – it, it sticks way the fuck out now. It's, it's deformed. Yeah. My hand's deformed. This is deformed. I've got staples all in my head. My shins are all scar tissued up, you know, and uh, my head is all cut up. I got scar tissue above my eyes. But Dude, let me show you this, this wicked scar I got, and then let me tell you how I got it. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, so uh, my son he has like a little 990 cc dirt bike, and I was trying to fix it right, and uh, it kept dying when you left the throttle. So I figured out, well, maybe maybe I take it down the blacktop, blow it out. So I was tired of messing with the carburetor, couldn't get it fixed. Go out there, couldn't get it fixed. Come back, and so I'm just I'm just gunning it right, and uh, I have shorts and flip flops on. <laughs> I lose, I'm skating, you know, I'm doing just what I've always done. But I got flip flops on like an idiot. The back tire hits a rock and. My damn toe goes. I sit my toe straight down, drags me, get caught between the peg, and then yeah, breaks the shit out of my leg. Oh shit! Yeah, I wish I had a good story. Like I was fighting in a cage and kicked somebody, but it wasn't. It wasn't that yeah, glamorous. The, <laughs> the four times I broke my hand, three were in training, and one was uh, in a fight, and I actually won the fight with the broke hand two rounds after. No doubt. I broke it the last ten seconds of the first round. Like I was dominating me, had my back, had me flattened out, almost rear naked choked me. I, Finally uh, swept him the last 10 seconds, and I was just maxing him out. And I broke it, and I felt it break, but I just kept hitting him with everything I had. The round was over. I went back to my corner. I was like, my hand's broke. And then my, my, my brother Bo was like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, you're going to find a way. And I said, yes, sir, I will. You know, and I just went out there, and I just kept kept. Kept was your playing. hand just numbed up? I mean, how, I, no, just, I still I, it hurt like a motherfucker because I broke it so many times. I knew, you know, right. and this is the one where I pushed the knuckle all the way back. Ooh. So my shit was back there, just in there, just throbbing. Mm. And I wound up beating that guy on with a, some grappling and kept taking him down. And I couldn't finish the choke because my hand was so swollen. I couldn't put that pressure on it to, to apply. So I was just like, well, I just kept getting the dominant positions and I was still throwing it. I wasn't trying to land it, but I was just throwing it and, won the decision, beat him two rounds with a broke hand. I saw him break after that first round when I was maxing him out. And right. I just looked across on the stool and I just saw he didn't want to be there no more. There's some there's something too that I've the three fighters that count yourself that's been on here, they they've talked a little bit about that. Can you uh explain that a little bit when you're fighting somebody and you can kinda of tell that they're they're broke. You know you've won the fight even though it's still going Yeah, they, it's like when you when you it's like you, you just stare at somebody and then they look away and you know, you're like, oh, you don't have that dog. You don't have that want. You you don't want it as bad as me because I'm going to fucking stare at you in your face until you look away every time. Right. You know, I want to see you look away because I'm like, no, I'm not fucking scared. Or we're going to 
we're going to keep this we keep this energy the whole way through and so when you you just see it in the eyes that's that's what i always look for i just see it and like they don't want to look at you no more you're like yeah i got you motherfucker you're mine i'm gonna go out there and fucking try even harder now because i feel like you don't want it as bad as me have you i mean have you ever sensed that even at weigh-ins when it's time to check weights you can just know tell them that this dude's in for a bad day sometimes some people got got people got good poker faces right you know what i mean Sometimes I'm like, and some guys are really nice. Like, and some guys are, they try to act hard as fuck. The dude that I broke my hand on was trying to act hard as fuck and like act like he was like gonna beat the fuck out of me and get fucking all crazy. And I was just like, all right, motherfucker, we'll see. You know what I mean? And yeah. then he wind up didn't want it as bad as me. Cause in my head, I was already like, he gave me the extra motivation I needed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't, I don't like that shit. Like, you ain't like, it's a sport. You ain't, don't try to fucking scare me because I'm not going to get scared. This is a this is a controlled fight. Once you can get that into your head, like there's nothing. Like, if it gets too bad, they're going to stop the fight. Right. It is what it is. You know what I mean? This isn't like my life is on the line. That's a, that's a different scenario. So when people try to act hard and try to scare you, you know what I mean? Like I'm just like, man, why you got to be extra? It's a sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, it's like a fucking playing ball when you're little. You know, just now we're punching each other in the face. Yeah, when I see people on TV doing that stuff, I, I, I always ask myself, do they really believe this? Do, do they mean that? Or are they just trying to sell tickets? You know what I mean? I think it's weird if they really believe it, honestly. You know, because you ain't going to kill somebody. And, and I don't think anybody really wants to kill somebody in, no. the, in, the, in the ring, octagon, wherever you're at. I don't think anybody really wants to kill somebody. No, because when you do some, so let's say you actually do something, you don't know how that's actually going to affect you. This isn't no video game. This is real life. Yeah. You don't know what kind of emotions are going to go through your body after some shit like that. It'll fucking change you forever. No, I You know what I'm saying? Most people would be like, oh, yeah, it ain't shit to me. But really, man, like, that's a fucking well, a big this- thing to happen, like, to just talk shit about and not ever have experience. That's a big thing. You can't just talk about shit you don't know nothing about. You know? Yeah, I mean, when you go to sleep at night, you think of that shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, your next opponent? Uh, Colton Ham. What's his background? Uh, he's got a bunch of fights. Uh for like Bellator and he's a probably a little slight step up in competition and that's what I'm looking for I'm trying to make my baby steps up until I can get get up to the to the good guys I don't think that he's really super good anywhere like he doesn't have like you know he's like devastating striker or like super badass ground he's just like I think I can definitely beat him on the feet I think really his only chance is try to take me down but I've shown in my last three fights that that shit don't work I, I land elbows from the bottom easily. I don't take damage. And I sweep you or I get up. From elbows from the ground, you mean like off your back? Elbow, yeah, I, I land them all, all day from my back. How do you how do you train for something like that? Because I, I don't you I don't see it a lot. Uh even in the pros, I don't I don't feel like I see that a lot. But I, the times I have seen it, it's been effective. How do you train for that? Man, really all you can do is like we I have like a big medicine ball. You can't really train elbows on your teammates. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that's this cuts people. That's what. Right. That's why the elbow is so devastating. It's not because it really hurts any more than a fist. It's just that that that's straight bone on bone contact every time. So it's slicing people open every time. You know, like I have somebody in guard, and then I can land my elbows on that met that medicine ball, and it's working my thighs. It's working my hips, and I'm able to land those strikes and where somebody's head would be. You know. Uh, other than that, that's really the only way I 
do it. A lot of that shit comes natural because you just see openings and you're like, well, I can't punch, but I can, bang, I can sling that elbow in. It deters a lot of people from doing shit. Like I've hit people from the bottom with elbows and then just go flat on top of me. And they're like, oh shit, you know. You just gotta have good hips. You gotta be ready to keep moving and look for those openings. Other than that, you're just keeping those overhooks. If you just keep swimming and getting those overhooks, they're not gonna hit you. There's no way. When when it comes to your fighting, uh, and it was brought up, I can't think of his name. Is his name Chandler? UFC guy just fought. He and kicked he, that dude in the face. Yeah, because he was he was talking about that's not a move that he necessarily trains a lot. Yeah. That's just something that he does naturally. So when you're fighting, how much of it is it was is like what you've done in training? And how much of it is it just instinct? Like something that you don't train just happens to come up. Here recently, uh, not too much. Everything that I've trained has pretty much come to fruition. Like everything I've been training has been happening. It's all, everything's slowed down for me a lot. And I'm, a, I'm able to be calm and think in there and not, like I don't get that adrenaline dump per se anymore. Like right. I still get a little nervous and shit, but it's not like I used to where I would lose like, you know, like when you get into a fight or something, you're not expecting it. Like you're, you'll be, you, you feel like you're like on Tom and Jerry, you can just run and spot, you know what I mean? You're right. going so fast that you can't feel anything. You don't know. You're not thinking and you, you forget, you forget to breathe even, you know what I mean? But now everything is just so calm and like you're, I'm thinking, I'm playing the game. I'm, I'm playing the game now. I'm playing chess now. I was playing checkers now. I'm playing chess. So everything I train now is like, that's what you're trying to do the whole time. You're getting to that level to where you train out all those bad habits. You know what right. I'm saying? Nobody wants to rely on that old haymaker, you know what I'm saying, or any of that shit. I want to be trained to be technically perfect every time. What's so, one of your, uh, like, you think one of your worst bad habits are? As far as, it could be training, while you're in the ring, anything like that. Shit, maybe I train too hard, as I think could be something, because I'll have a lot of lingering injuries all the way up until almost camp, because... I don't like taking days off. It fucks with my mind. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like if I take a day off, I, I got to get two to get back. You know what I mean? So I'll sometimes overtrain. Yeah. Because I, I want to, because I know these young kids, like, they've got one up on me. You know what I'm saying? They've yeah. already got youth and, and all that. But I'm like, all right, so I got to work harder. I got to work harder. So I know I got to work harder. I'm in the best shape of my life ever in my whole life. Right. At 39. I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't get any less than this. So if I get any less than this, that it just may, it's just mental. You know, everyone has their mental guidelines, you know what I mean? And my mental guidelines are you got to work hard, you know, like, because that's when I started having success when I just, like, you know, all those cliches, be the first one there, be the last one to leave, train hard like you want it, you know, show up on the days you don't want to show up, show up if you're sick, show up, you know, the death squad shit. Like we train every day no matter what, you know, shit like that. So when I had that mentality and I've had that mentality, so that's, and I love it. Like it, to me, it's a fucking fun thing. Like I can't wait every day. It's like, I can't wait to go to the gym and, 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 and get rounds. And like, that's, it's my life. You know what right. I'm saying? You know, my son trains, he's, uh, he's about to be 11. He's been oh, training yeah. since he's five, six years old. Hell yeah. So, you know, he doesn't really take it too seriously because he's a kid having fun with it. Right. But he comes to the he comes to the uh, fights with me every one. He steps in the victory circle with me every time. Gets to say a little something on the mic, you know. So Your son, I'm assuming he's probably going to want to try to fight eventually, right? I don't know. I think he just wants to play Fortnite for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say he does want to. What are you, how are you going to uh, 
approach that are you just gonna wait till it happens and see how yeah how much man, he's, he's getting like here recently he's been getting more enthusiastic about it you know because right. we've been doing the striking class so now he's like we're doing now when i go to my my afternoon sessions he's wanting to get involved i'm putting him in the circuit workouts and he's wanting to hit the muay thai pads so like it's hard because you don't want to see you know obviously your kid get fucking their ass beat or you know let alone punched in the face when whenever like He's not have he doesn't have a hard life like like I did growing up. Yeah. So he's you know like that saying is you know hard man creates soft times you know like he doesn't have hard times so I feel like I have to put difficult tasks in front of him so that he can still develop that same lessons out of life because he's not gonna have to you know worry about you know surviving and shit like that but he still needs to learn those lessons so I think fighting and combat is a good way to learn those lessons. Maybe, yeah. because there's no other be- better way to be held accountable than your your own ass on the line. Yeah. So as much as 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 sad as it is to see him take some damage or you know get hit or whatever, it's like a very important life lesson. I'm not saying he's to get you know bang banged in the head, and you know, I don't let them spar in my class or anything right. like that. They're too young. If they want to get into some more advanced stuff and maybe compete or something, then, then that's something that can we can branch off and do. Or something. what are the age limits on uh? On an amateur fighting? Um, I think in some states you can fight at 16. Is that boxing or is that straight MMA? MMA, but I think okay. they make them wear shin pads and, and headgear right. and possibly maybe elbow pads. If they let them, I seriously doubt it. But, yeah, it's uh, mostly 18, though. you got to be 18, though. As far as uh, you, so as far as training with your son there, is there a, di- a different dynamic between training your own kid versus the other kids? Oh yeah, because um, when it's my son, I'm I'm way more of an asshole. <laughs> when it's the other kids, I'm way more like susceptible. Like that's why I don't train him in grappling and jujitsu. I let the other coaches handle that because he needs to learn to, to be able to take instruction from other people as well. Besides me yeah. and like my, what, you know, sometimes what you expect of of your own people is sometimes more. You know, like that's why we uh, like people always hurt the ones they love because they expect so much from them because they feel like you know me you know what i expect don't fuck me over you know what i mean so same thing with my son like i'll be like dude listen you know what i mean like don't be fucking around like i'm (laughs) this is we're here to train you know because i take the training seriously we're here to learn something so this is what we're trying to do so sometimes my patience can kind of wear thin whenever i teach grappling but uh so i let my the coaches help I help him occasionally with that, but the striking is more my, my deal. I'm more of a striker, so it's easy for me to teach him with that. Right. It's easy to be patient whenever I'm teaching striking. To him. What do you What do you think uh, when you're looking at your son? What do you think he excels more in the grappling portion of it or the striking? I mean, as of lately, his striking has been coming along a lot right. better. Proud moment. Oh yeah, we I just shot, shot a couple of videos of him yesterday doing uh, hitting the tire pads and you know it's just. F- Cool, watching them uh, finally get something down. You know, over over a over a thousand kicks, they finally hit that one at the one thousand one. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, we're making progress. Right. It's slow, but we're making progress. Right. And then that's what it takes because I've been there. Like I remember when I first started, I could not throw a left kick to save my life. I could throw a right kick all day, and I could never throw a left kick. And then I would just stand in front of the bag and just for an hour, you know, and just hit kick and kick and kick until now my left kick is just as good as my right. Right. And now I can I fight both ways. 
just because I practice, practice, practice. Like all that shit people always tell you, it actually does work. Like if you just work your ass off like and never give up on yourself because like there's going to be times where you fail. You know, I failed before I lost five fights in a row. Most people would have gave up and been like, you know what, maybe this ain't for me. But I'm like, no, man, I got to figure out a way to, to fucking find this shit out. Like I'm better than this. I know that I'm better than this. I got to have faith in myself. And I, I just got to work harder. If, if, I, if I'm not working hard enough now and I'm not getting it, then I got to double it up. Right. And once you find that recipe for success and then you stick with it, I feel like you can – it makes me feel like – because I feel like if I can starve myself to go possibly get my ass beat, then I can do anything I want to in life. If I am willing to starve myself to get onto weight to go fight somebody that I don't even have beef with – in front of all my friends and family <laughs> risking getting, you know, getting humiliated and all that yeah. shit. And then you can like, you know what? I can be disciplined in these other areas of my life. Cause if I can fucking volunteer to starve, then go fight, then I can do anything. Right. Then, Man, I think that's a good point. You know, uh, you was talking about earlier, your, your kid, you know, I, I, I thought about, I coach wrestling, youth wrestling and stuff. And when, when I first got into coaching, if I'd had to do over, I would have never coached my own kid. Cause like you said, it's just more frustrating. You expect more. I'm like, if I see them jacking around in practice, it's like, you're my kid, dog. How am I supposed to get on these other kids? My own kids doing it, you know? Yeah. And then, but I've, I've thought about getting my son into like boxing, right? Just cause I think that he might need punch in the face to get humbled <laughs> a little bit, you know? Uh, it's, as far as, as, as far as humbling, uh, your own kid, do you, uh, do you see that in live action when you, when you're seeing him run, run doing like jujitsu or, oh, or yeah, wrestling? For sure. Cause you went sometimes when you're you're like the biggest kid in the class that day and you manhandle everybody and then the next day uh, a bunch of the bigger kids are back and then you get manhandled you can see the difference right. and i've had to deal with you know him and him being like i want to do a tournament and i'm like well you're only over here you're not challenging yourself with these good kids in class you're one to you know Try to you make yourself feel good by yeah. by by beating people you know you can beat. I was like, but if we're gonna do a tournament, we got to train hard and we have to challenge ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And it breaks their egos down because they want to still feel like they're you know the Iron Man and shit. You know, and then when you get you know dominated by another kid that's the same size, he just has more skill, been doing it longer or whatever, it breaks you down mentally. And you're like, all right, I know where I stand. Right. I know the pecking order, and they they know that pecking order too because then. They'll either try to go after those kids and try to take their, put their, put their, find their place in that order, or they'll go down and try to say, you know, I'm just going to keep being a bully, you know, and trying to take the easier kids. And, and you just have to force them into, and like, I'll be like, no, you're not going to, you're not grappling them anymore. You're going to only with these bigger kids. So you can learn something, you know, like give them those difficult tests. And then once they start getting like, like, oh, I got the takedown today. I'm like, well, see, that's what happens yeah. if you keep working hard with those bigger kids. It's going to make you better. Yeah, I you know what I mean? you, And I do the same shit at my gym. Like, I don't go and pick on the new guys that just walked through the door. I want the best of the best in the gym every day. Or I'll take anybody. Like, challenge me. If, if, if I'm better than you, I'll start in the worst position available. You know what I'm saying? Let's even the field. You know what I mean? Start on top. Start, take my back. Do whatever you can. Let's even the playing field. That way you're in an advantage and I got to work hard. Do you see like some of the mistakes or I, I like to call it it's genetics, right? Do you see some of the stuff that you do uh, good and bad in your kid, like some maybe bad habits technique wise? Do you see some stuff that he does like, dang, he got that for me? You know what I mean? 
I didn't really get opportunity to do this kind of stuff when I was a kid. So I didn't start doing it until I was 27 and already had like a, you know, a good set on like my body, what it was capable of, my motor skills. And they're just so young. Like uh, got like five, six year olds sometimes. And I'm okay. like, I'm just trying to develop motor skills and, and proper technique of punching, you know, like the basics before I get into like, tweaking every little thing to perfect to perfection like let's get a general idea going and then we'll tweak it to perfection you know? right. because, and that's what he's doing he's going getting through the motions you know it's hard to throw like a unless you're from thailand a proper muay thai kick you know like perfectly like you know you see those videos of those kids over there but they're pro fighting at six seven years old i would just like to go over there and just watch that one time just- dude it's crazy man i have a documentary on uh, i don't know if it's youtube or whatever and it's like uh the what the life of a kid growing up in thailand is you know? right when they're like six years old they're like they're either going to send them to school and that costs money they're either going to send them to thai fighting or they're going to you know some bad shit's going to happen you know? right but that's the life over there and like they that they get start getting paid like by the time like the the average lifespan for or career span is like 23 years old by then you've already had like 200 fights Damn. And you, your body's so fucked up, you can't do it. You can't do it anymore. They, uh, so what's what's the story with how they, their training is a little bit different, right? They're more of a happy-go-lucky when they're training. Uh, I've never, I've seen, I've only seen videos of uh, the shit they do over there. Like, and they get Tiger Muay Thai and, right. and shit like that. Yeah, that's, it looks, I mean, that shit's tough like it's that's not my style i mean i do all that shit but i don't like to stand in the pocket and trade blows with people and see who's the toughest i like to stick and move uh pick you apart you know what i mean i'm i like to pick you apart slowly and and without taking any damage muay thai is you're going to take some fucking damage kickboxing you're taking fucking damage whether you're winning or losing you're taking mad crazy damage I was talking more as uh, when it comes to, like sparring and practice. Like they don't really go all out sparring and stuff, right? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, they do. Yeah, okay. they they got shin pads and they they'll put elbow pads on and shit, and they they get they get down over there. They're crazy. Like if you watch the BKFC Thailand, you don't see no fear in those guys. They've already had 60, 80 fights, and they're not scared to get cracked with bare knuckles or anything. It's, it's totally different mentality. Right. They're just fucking like they'll laugh too. They're like, ah, like joking with each other. They're just fucking brutal, man. They're <laughs> savage. They're straight savage over there. As far as uh, when it comes to you as a coach, a trainer, now does that help you at all in your fighting? I mean, I just I've only been doing it about nine or ten weeks. Right. So it's um I haven't had a fight since then. Um, it does help me tweak my myself a little bit because I'm going back to the basics with these kids. So yeah. I have to make sure that they're being technically sound. So it, it's making me more aware of like, oh, back to the basics. All right. Maybe I need to turn my punch over a little bit more. Maybe I need to turn my hip over a little bit. Right. Maybe I need to tighten my elbows in a little bit more. So whenever I'm shadow boxing now, warming up for my rounds, I'm always critiquing myself. Like I crit- walk around and critique them. You know what I'm saying? So in that aspect, it, it has helped a little bit. As far as uh, so nine weeks is how much you've been, you've been coaching. Uh, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Um, just if uh, the kid starts, you know, we're we've gone over something over and over, and then like we reviewed stance every day, like every every class, 
And then they'll just be like staring off into space and I'll be like, hey, pay attention. You know, like if, if, if they don't pay attention or they're messing off, you know, it's push-ups. And that usually gets their attention. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, we got, we got to do push-ups. Because I want them to get their workout in, you know, like right. that's the parents like it. I make sure that I train those kids like I would train an adult, basically. Right. They, it's it's a good workout. I mean, they don't they're not hitting each other or anything like that. But as far as technique, as far as drills, they're they're drills that any adult would do. Yeah. I'm making sure that they're getting trained as as properly as they can get trained. I want their parents to make sure that they're getting their money worth. You know what I mean? It's not a boxer size class. It's a striking class. And I want them to be like, this is a real striking class. This isn't teeny bopper stuff. I want them to make sure they feel like they're getting their money's worth. So y'all go over like knees. I mean, all that. Stuff. Yeah. We're about to start uh, working on kicks this week. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So is it, so y'all's class, how is it designed? Uh, I mean, y'all, y'all got progression and y'all keep before you get to kicks, you're starting with upper body punches and then you go into Yeah. Striking. Like we start like how I started this, this, was we we started our stance, you know, front foot facing your opponent. Right. This foot at a forty-five degree angle. Right. Knees when you slightly bend your knees, it elevates your heels. So we're staying on the balls of our feet. Right. Our hands are high above our eyebrows. Our elbows are tucked. Our chin is tucked. And then we go over movements. When we when we step right, we take a right step. When we we move left, we take a left step. When we move forward, we take a forward step first. That's how you keep the same distance so you have a wide frame all the time so we work movement first and then we worked uh just our jab then our cross then our hook and then we work defense parrying shots forehead blocking shots so everything is like slowly building so for nine weeks we did basic stance basic one two three punches basic defense and then we're going to go into kicks how to stand when proper stance for the kick how to move for our kicks how to throw the Kicks returning the hip, and then how to check the kicks, and then nine weeks. Then we'll try to combine those two. And so every nine weeks, we'll try to switch it up and try to keep them going. I'm sure I have new kids coming in, and they're gonna have to get like a little crash course and right. go along as we go. But I just got an assistant, so hopefully he can help with all that. As far as uh, it comes to the amateur Oklahoma amateur MMA, right? How many uh, am- amateur fighters do y'all got right now? Man, uh, man, we probably have five, six, seven, sometimes eight. Just depends. Y'all got how many times do, like people come in? Like, I, I just want to fight. I want to fight. Oh uh, man, all, at least one or two times a week. How many? How many? How much? Like before somebody goes pro, right? Like who? Who's? I'm, I'm assuming that the coaches let you know when it's time. Well, yeah, I mean th- that. They, everyone comes in. They're like, man, I think I, I want to fight or whatever. Well, I'm like, well, then you tell Coach Tom what yeah. your goals are. And he will set you on a path for that. Right. And when, you know, because there's everyone's there for different reasons. Not everyone's there to be a fighter. Right. So when you want to be a fighter, you're going to be held to a different standard. And, and you know, then if you're serious and you take it serious and you get to the levels that they want you to be at, then they'll start getting you fights and they feel you're ready. And, you know, everything has to be ran by our coach. Yeah. What's what's the quickest you've seen somebody like get a pro fight? Once, I mean, from start to finish. I'm assuming there's. Some people can just go straight pro. I mean, there's no, like, you don't, there's no, like, it's not like, you know, football where you have to do a year of college first. You don't have to do any AMI first. It's not required to, to be, to go pro. So some guys just go straight pro. Oh, okay. 
Some guys don't even do AMI. They'll go straight pro. Some guys will do two two or three amateur fights and then go straight pro. Yeah. Some people, yeah, they just think like, oh, I'm really good. I won three in a row. And I was like, they fought, you know, debut fighters that weren't, you know, like, you're not even to me, like, you're not a real fighter until you've had, you know, three or four fights. Right. Because a lot of those one, two, three, four fights, you're fighting what, the first guys, some dude that fought out of his fucking garage. This dude was also a debut guy there who's shitting himself because he didn't know nothing. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you, you're fighting guys that don't, they don't have that, you know, you, until you fight somebody that's like, I'm three and oh, you're three and oh. We're fighting two good guys that are obviously, he's here for a reason. You know, he's continued his path. He, he wants to continue to do this. He's winning. This guy's winning. You know, he's continuing to go now. You know what I'm saying? Now we're fighting. Two fighters are fighting each other, not two guys that just, you know, because I've seen, I fought guys like that. They went like two and three and oh, as an Ami came up, lost, kept losing pro, 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 because they didn't have enough experience. Yeah. Was, was there ever anybody in your amateur career or pro career that you fought and you're thinking like, oh, shit, maybe I messed up? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of winnable fights that I feel like I could have won. I just didn't. I just froze up when it came to the, the grappling part of it. Right. Because I, I could always, uh, I, I never was nervous on my feet or, and I never got outstruck. You know, I just, uh, whenever I'd hit the ground, I would just freeze up and like, oh, fuck, what do I do? You know, just like everything I had already learned just go out the window because I'd already lost by submission so many times. And so then people know you're going to lose by submission. So that's everyone's game plan is to get you to submission, the ground yeah. and submit you and then how did you work on that aspect of, of your fighting? What was one big thing you did to, you know, stop the takedowns? That's all I did. Like, I, that's all I would do. Because, like, I'm, my coach is like, your striking's already where it needs to be. So I go in every day an hour early, do takedown defense, fence drills, just over and 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 over, you know, like, until that's all I do. So right. I get to spar on Fridays. I do technical striking on Tuesdays. And usually I go out of town on a Saturday or Sunday to go spar somewhere if it's available. If not, I stay here and work out. And uh, everything else is just all grappling based. Grappling, wrestling, wrestling defense, takedown defense, wall work. Everything from a bad position. I don't ever get to start up. You know, I get to start back against the wall. I'm already on the ground. When it comes to your training, your, your camps, at what point do you start training like for the, your opponent? that you're fighting well i usually fight every three months so i usually have a pretty good idea after i get done fighting i'm already talking to the matchmaker about what who could possibly be next okay and then like honestly like i just don't i, I think everyone's game plan is always going to be the same right i'm i'm long for my weight class i'm tall i have a wide frame not a lot of people i don't think are going to want to stand with me for too long right and uh, I'm hard to hit, so everybody's going to have to try to eventually get a hold of me, stop my movement, and get me down. And I just got to keep playing my defense. I got submissions from the bottom. I've got elbows from the bottom, and I can get up. So I, that's why I prepare for that because right. I know that I'm going to try to implement my stand-up game. If that works, then they're going to have to be drawn into the takedown. Which one of the best strikers you've you've had to match match with? Tevin Lasky was you know he yeah. put up he kind of threw me off a little bit because he would just throw a lot more leg kicks than 
Same thing happened when I fought this dude, uh, Paul DePong, John Jera. He was a dude from Thailand. or He's Thailand. He's from Thailand. Uh, he's, uh, he's Thai. Right. He's not from Thailand. But his dad was like a famous Thai boxer and shit. And same thing. They just only throw leg kicks. It just came out only throwing leg kicks. So it was really awkward to deal with because they were never said anything over punches. And I box a lot. I do a lot of kickboxing, but I like to use my hands a lot to get to my legs. And that's because, what a lot of fighters normally would do, but they just only wanted to, maybe it's because they didn't have a, a, I had a big reach advantage on them. They just wanted to kick, not get in my punching range, but yeah, you know, probably Tevin and Pong were probably the best two strikers. I Leg kicks and low, low calf kicks, that's becoming a new deal. And like in the last couple of years, I feel like it's gotten gained more popularity. Uh, is that ever a part of your game plan? Oh yeah, always. I'm a kicker. Like I love to tear the legs apart. Right. I'm good at it. I like to just aim for that one spot over and over and over, and then try to move up to that head kick. So everybody wants is that head kick <laughs> knockout. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta set them up with the leg. Get them thinking low all the time. Try to right. come up and crack them. The the calf kick is a bitch. My coach just introduced me to him, and my calf was sore for about two weeks. Right. <laughs> God, yeah, you definitely gotta. Do that little Muay Thai back step and then try to come in and close the distance because it's an, it's an annoying pain. Like, yeah. You get kicked in the leg a bunch of times. Like A lot of my nerves are dead, but when I go southpaw and people start kicking my other leg, it's not as dead. It's like, you know, just like when you're a little kid and someone comes up to you and they're like, dead leg, they knee right in the side and then they run off. You know? <laughs> well, shit, man, we've been talking for almost an hour and 10 minutes. Is there anything you want to put out? Any info, your next fight, anything, any shout outs? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my next fight's June 18th, Farmer's Market, Oklahoma City. You can type my name, uh, Tyson Southern, on the ticket deal so I get credit for the tickets. Can of Culture, my sponsor, Do It For The Culture, Goose Reapers, Civil Savage, Green Roots, Medical Cannabis in Oklahoma City.